usual format of past podiums for this special announcement. USA Climbing's National Championships are coming up very soon, November 9th through the 13th, with boulder lead and speed disciplines all taking place. So this is the 2022 National Championships preview show. Welcome to another episode of Past Podiums. I'm your host, John Bergman. And as you heard in that intro, we're breaking the rules. We're deviating from the usual format and we're breaking from our normal chronology. Some of you might have tuned in expecting to hear the next episode in our journey through the 2015 World Cup season. I assure you, we will get back to that historical look at that particular season very soon. But for now, it's all about the present day because USA Climbing's 2022 National Championships, the Yeti National Championships, are right around the corner. And I figured there's no time like the present to spotlight some of the key storylines for those nationals and also discuss some specific competitors that might be worth keeping an eye on who to watch and what to watch for, basically. Now, in terms of some stuff that you absolutely need to know, as mentioned at the top, these nationals will take place on November 9th through the 13th. They'll span two gyms in the great state of Colorado. First up will be the Boulder Discipline on November 9th and 10th at the Spots Denver location. And then the Speed and Lead Disciplines will follow on November 11th through the 13th at G1 Climbing and Fitness in Broomfield. There will be YouTube live streams for all the semifinal and final rounds. So if you can't be at those gyms in person, be sure to tune in on USA Climbing's YouTube channel. And if you miss it live for whatever reason, there will also be highlights shown at a later date on ESPN2. So keep an eye on your home TV schedules. That is the basic rundown, but there's certainly a lot more to get into with these upcoming nationals. However, I didn't want to do this alone. I wanted to bring in somebody that could kind of give the inside track or provide some ground level insights that you can't get anywhere else. And to that end, I am honored and thrilled to say that commentator Pete Woods agreed to sit down with me and chat about these nationals. You heard Pete last year, 2021, in the booth calling all the action at those nationals. You also heard him this past summer doing commentary for the World Cups in Salt Lake City, and he will be in the booth doing commentary for this year's national championships as well, along with the superb Megan Martin. Pete is definitely very busy as he gets ready to call this year's action, which just makes me all the more appreciative that he was up for being on this preview show. He is at MC Pete Woods on Instagram, and here he is, commentator for the 2022 National Championships, Pete Woods. Pete, thanks for coming to the show, coming into the studio, so to speak. How are you feeling? Are you, are you, are you feeling the hype? 
I'm excited, John, and thanks for having me on. I am looking forward to coming into Denver to do the broadcast for U.S. Nationals. Uh, as soon as it was announced, I had it in my calendar so that nothing would blank over that weekend. Um, I know federations need to catch up with you know who they're bringing in for, for the team. And then I got the email a few weeks ago from USA Climbing um, asking me to come and do the broadcast with Megan. So then the excitement starts to ramp up from, you know, I'm, I'm expecting to go. I'm hoping to go to definitely going flights are booked, um, Denver, Colorado. I'm, uh, I'm really excited to be coming in. I think there is arguably more intrigue with all due respect to the previous nationals that we've had in recent years. I think there's more intrigue for this year's nationals than in others of recent years, because the 2024 Olympics are looming the 2020 the the qualification pathway for those olympics begins next year uh in the international level or continental level whatever you want to say so at these nationals we could be getting a, a glimpse of some of the young standouts that might just now be starting that long journey that will eventually lead to the olympics yeah i, I think that when you start to look at the succession plan, when federations decided that the Olympics were important, the long-term athlete development started to get broken into four, but three like brackets. So, you know, the space and how long you need to qualify for that next set of Olympics. When are you picking your team? So I think you're right. I think there, you have to look deeper than just the next world cup season. So are you now looking for potential uh, on top of simply results at nationals? What are you starting to put together to define, you know, athletic prowess and climbing? Is it, did you have a great, you know, world cup season? You know, we had some debuts in the American team where they absolutely stomped on the last couple of boulders, but we had another couple standouts in this year's world cup season. Um, so are you looking at sustainability? Are you looking at, you know, World Cup results? Are you looking at someone who got into one but did well? I think there's lots of things to throw in the mix now. And you layer on how are you going to pick your Olympic team? The disciplines change. So now we get to put speed climbers where they belong in their own discipline. And now you have combined athletes. So not everybody wants to do combined. So just because you podiumed in bouldering, you might not make the combined team. That's determined at team trial. So I think the matrix uh, gets harder and harder to decipher and the Olympics uh, it, when it, as soon as it becomes a focus, I think it does take over your, your training program and your selection program. I'm really glad that you mentioned the world cups because one of the things that previous years, national championships have shown us is the people who shine on the world cup circuit are not necessarily the people that shine at these national championships. Sometimes, obviously, people do well at both, but in some cases not. And in some cases, people that shine at nationals are sort of just beginning their international or their World Cup journeys. So I think that bit of unpredictability has always been really intriguing to me. It's, it's not simply, oh, look, this person did great in World Cup, so they're going to do great at nationals or vice versa. That's a fun little thing that differentiates the nationals for me. I would, I, I would think that that might come from the season. So when you go to compete in the world cup, you have, you're coaching an athlete on um, progress. So the coaching changes the, I think the goals change slightly. You're not trying to win world cups. 
we're not well some some people are of course um we have some standout athletes on the u.s team but the if you are you know at the top of your game you're expected to win nationals so that becomes almost well you've won a couple world cups you should win nationals it's one comp on one weekend where we look at a world cup generally as a a season of results so even if you had one or two bad results people kind of think oh well you did well on the world cup as a whole and your coaching is about recovery and bounce back and i know you didn't make the semi but let's make the next one you're embedded amongst the best climbers in the world you see how often you look at anybody's social media, um, every city that they're in for any length of time, they're at a local gym training with other team members. Sometimes you have five and six different countries represented at a bouldering session, you know, in a small wall, downtown Japan, um, that makes you better. And then when you're leading up to nationals, you've been at home, maybe you don't, you know, you, you have no one to train with other than a, a distant coach or whatever that might look like. But those sort of the month or two leading up to U.S. nationals is a completely different environment. And maybe you lose some stoke. Like, I think that there's, again, lots and lots of layers that might detract from that. Of course, I'm just going to walk in and win nationals and walk out again. And we will definitely talk about some athletes specifically by name here. In, in just a second. I, I think maybe though a good starting place would be, let's look at the rosters. Let's talk about some people that are maybe not registered for these national championships because there are some really big superstar names that, that are not registered. But then let's look at some names of people that are registered. And then we'll kind of get into maybe some specifics about some of those competitors. I will preface this. This is all subject to change. This is a list. I looked on the registrations two days ago and it'd be close it, it'd be close but uh all subject to change and also just because somebody is registered doesn't necessarily mean they will compete right i mean they have right up until they're ready to walk out from isolation to to decide they they don't want to be there or they they shouldn't be there for injury tweaks and all sorts of stuff so who knows but okay that's out of the way here we go uh, some of the people that are not registered, Sean Bailey, Brooke Rabatou, Natalia Grossman, both the men's and women's uh, national speed record holders, Emma Hunt in the women's division, John Brosler in the men's division. Unfortunately, neither of them are registered. Uh, Nora Cheese not registered. Julia Duffy and Mariel Horstman are not registered. I, I mentioned both of them because they podiumed at youth nationals earlier this year. Now, I hope that everybody on that list and everybody that's not registered is happy and healthy doing whatever they choose to do for this national championship weekend. But there's no denying there are some, some crushers that, that are not going to be there. And it's the privilege of being uh, recognized for your results over the season or previous seasons. Essentially, you get a buy. Um, you get a buy either into the team trials or you get a buy onto next year's national team. And I, I like this topic because my opinion on it has swayed in years past. Um, coming from Canada, as I do, we have had um, one of the superstars of the World Cup of the last 15 years in Sean McCall, who occasionally would miss nationals and people would complain that he you know, didn't have to defend or didn't have to put in the grind and all these things. And we said, well, when you get to be Sean McCall, you too can skip nationals. And I, I used to sit on the fence of, 
Well, I think, you know, it's your home country. It's your national championships. Go represent and see what the next generation coming up behind you looks like. And then over the last couple of years, I've changed my opinion, John. I've, I've, I've swung back the other way. So let's say that everyone that you've described shows up and climbed to their potential. You've just cleared the podiums. You've cleared the podiums. So now you've taken away two and three spots in every discipline in both genders of somebody who might be having a breakout event. And they're not going to beat Sean. They're not going to beat Brooke, right? That's not where they're at. But they made a semi um, and maybe they get bumped out of a final because of that. So if you're good enough to be invited onto the national team, you open the door for someone who's at their first or second nationals or is on the rise, has done well at youth, wasn't old enough to compete. I mean, Sam is the perfect example. Wasn't old enough to compete at, at open nationals. And now you get to say, I'll see you at the team trials and let's see if you can match up then. But you've you've grown the playing field of people who get to come and show their stuff. So while it's fun to watch those climbers climb, we see them all season. I'm excited to see who's going to make semis and finals that maybe would have been bumped out by a couple of spots from some of the, um, the, the national team members who get a buy back into the team trials. And there definitely is probably something to be said for those people like Sean Bailey, Brooke Rabatou, Natalia Grossman, who have been on this World Cup circuit for this full season, being able to just sit back and kick up their feet and say, I'm just going to watch and I want to see who who's coming up, you know, who's going to be my my national team teammate, who's going to be my sort of national team friendly competitor, you know, I could just kind of take a take a step back from it. And, and watch the evolution happen. I think your point is, is really well taken about that. And, and it does create some space for some new names to, to shine and to really emerge for the first time, maybe on the adult stage. And that's what we want, right? We want competition. We want a bit of drama. Uh, we want to see who can hang with the big kids. We want to see who's got the ability to um, get it done on the day where they have to get it done. Um, elite climbing, you know, especially um, on the day and on the single individual route, you know, do you, do you have the nerves um, even amongst, you know, not saying because a couple of people aren't, there's still lots of registered climbers who are very, very good, who've competed against each other many times. So, um, you know, don't think that what we're doing here is just saying, well, all the best climbers aren't going to be there. It's only a handful of names that get a buy, but I, I do like that. You, we might get to see a few young stars go, yeah, I have what it takes. Let me show you. Yes, I, I lead with who is not going to be there just so we can kind of get it out of the way. Certainly don't mean to imply that there are not some crushers in this field because that's, that's a good segue. Let's go over some of the big names that are registered for this national championships right off the bat. Kyra Condi, Nathaniel Coleman, Olympians on the roster. Uh, Christopher Kosser, for that matter, Olympian from South Africa, is on the registered list, presumably competing as a, as a foreign national. Zach Gala, who won bouldering at the team trials this year, earlier this year. Sienna Kopf, back from a big elbow injury. It's been awesome to see her return and presumably return to, to peak form. Xander Waller, Albert Oak, Piper Kelly. I know I'm probably mixing disciplines here, but just to list them off, Chloe Koskoy, Campbell Serenopoulos, Sam Watson, who you mentioned, Merritt and Ellis Ernsberger, Maya Madare, the buzzer beater. Maya is so well known for those last second 
tops of the boulders. I'm hoping we see something like that again at this nationals. Kylie Cullen, also one of the winners from national team trials earlier this year. Sydney Williams, Ben Hanna, Olivia Ma, Tim, Tim Kang, Ross Fulkerson, Simon Hibbler, Noah Bracci, Chloe Kim, Ben Jennings, Evan Hammon, Austin Hoyt. Kai Leitner is there. Isis Rothfork. I could keep going, but I, I don't mean for that to be the exhaustive list. But as people can hear, there's tons of huge names. And I will end by saying this. Let's look at the gold medal winners from last year's national championships, 2021 national championships, the gold medalists in the Boulder discipline, Colin Duffy and Melina Costanza in the lead discipline, Jesse Gruper and Quinn Mason. And in the speed discipline, Callie Close and Joe Goodacre. All of those people are registered to be here at this year's national championships. So they will be trying to defend their titles. If that doesn't make you want to watch, I, I'm not sure what else you need to do that you're, you're spot on. And I, I, I think it's fun that we oversold who, you know, I'm like, other people aren't going to be here just to say um, that all the defending champions are going to be there. And the, the stoke to defend your title, the stoke to have not podiumed at nationals last year, but then podiumed at the team trials to say, I might've had a bad day then but I have it in me um, puts a lot of interesting spin on who can be consistent. You know, do you get to carry that? You know, you didn't get, maybe you didn't get invited to the world cup circuit. Uh, How have you been training? You know, are are you still excited? Is it still your goal? You know, um, you get people who are coming into their, maybe their first year of school. So now you're dealing with training in university. I know Kyle Leitner took years off to go to school um, and he's back from that. couple of those climbers uh, where uh, I saw them at the Jackalope comp, the NACS in Montreal in the summer bouldering. Um, it was hot as heck. Uh, so difficult conditions, but saw some very, very good climbing from people who were not on the national team last year. So they're definitely out there still training. As you say, um, Sienna rehabbing that crazy elbow bicep injury um, and look to be climbing like back up to V9, V10 level. So you know, this is a, the stage has been set for, you know, another in a string of excellent U.S. national championships. Yeah. Regarding Sienna, you know, on Instagram, she's been sharing photos of her climbing and and doing some training. She, she looks to be, I I mean, that's a, that's a significant injury. So who knows the, the true details of that recovery and stuff and where she's at in terms of the recovery, but she's on a wall, she's pulling on plastic and that's great to see. And she's registered. So Awesome stuff from her. Yeah. Um, let's get into the specific disciplines. And I will say we're just kind of assuming who's doing which discipline. If you look on USA Climbing's website, it's it's a long list of registrants, but it does not segment it into different disciplines. So take this all with a grain of salt. But let's start with the Boulder discipline. Qualification begins at 10 o'clock in the morning on Wednesday, November 9th at the spot in Denver finals will begin at six o'clock in the evening, the following day, November 10th. I see one of the biggest storylines in the Boulder discipline being who we just mentioned, the defending champion, Colin Duffy. If you recall last year at the national championships, he topped all the boulders in the semifinal round. And I believe he was the only person to top 
three of the four boulders in the men's final round. And I say all that because I think he's only gotten better since then. And I know it's a little strange to say that Colin Duffy has gotten better when you think of, well, he's a defending national champion. He's an Olympian. But I think it's evidenced by the fact that he did win a gold medal in the Boulder discipline earlier this season, this year in Innsbruck. He comes in with that accolade on top of those other accolades that he already had on top of all that incredible talent and, and just the, the drive, the determination that he brings to it. I, I mean, how can you look at the men's discipline and not think that Colin Duffy is probably like the big name to beat among others? There's certainly a lot, a lot of other crushers in there, but Colin Duffy's in it. hundred percent. And he is a couple of the things he displays on boulders. He definitely, everyone has strengths and styles that, that agree with them. He manages to, you know, go above and beyond when it comes to being pinned into a style his there's a boulder from the team trials last year where he sticks a crimp, like a mic or like a half pad crimp at the lip. And then just like one hand pull, like it's nothing. And so those small displays and when I, you know, when you're watching comps, you, the, the longer you spend in, in the sport, the more you start to look for little things. Um, you know, it's, it's entertaining to watch people sing, you know, climb boulders, but you start looking at, the nuances of foot placement and, and wait a minute. And the things that I rewind are things like that. I'm like, did he just seriously do that on a hold that everyone else fell off of? So his ability to stick holds is through the roof. As you say, he won a world cup. Uh, he made 60% of his semifinals on the, on the, uh, out of five events. So that's great on the world cup circuit. Um, we, we, I think we tend to forget who made a semi, but being top, um, Six is great, but six to 20 is fantastic in the field. It's a hundreds, you know, hundred plus deep. So making semifinals is uh, as, as important as winning events. Yeah. He's got to be a favorite. I, I raise you Ben Hanna with straight up desire to do things. Um, he is one of the more driven climbers. And then speaking with uh, some of my co-hosts last year through, uh, through the bouldering event, just they, they all said that he finds a gear and Zach as well has the ability to say, Oh, never mind. I guess I will do this boulder. You know, I'm going to do it right now. And um, some of these climbers have made real sacrifice in order to be national team members, people missing school, people not going to university, people taking gap years, financial decisions. They moved to Salt Lake city to be with the national team. So I think you put those pieces in together and, the you know if Colin comes in resting and relaxing you might get surprised it was not that long ago that the Olympic qualification pathway for the Tokyo Olympics the, the 2020 Olympics was looming and I remember the the early favorite for qualifying for the Olympics in the men's division if you had to pick an American one of the early favorites was Zach Gala, because he was so good at the combined discipline. And obviously to be good at the three event combined discipline, you got to be great at bouldering. And he is. And so I'm glad you mentioned Zach. I'm glad you mentioned Ben too. Ben has been so consistent and so consistently good for the past couple seasons. He's one of those competitors that just 
anytime he is on the roster, you have to look and say, this guy could definitely win it. Yeah. I, those three, Colin Duffy, Ben Hanna and Zach Gala, give me those three battling it out, you know, for, to, for different positions on the podium. And I'll be, I'm a happy man. Yeah, and in different styles as well. So they, they all bring something different to the table in, in terms of how they, you know, deal with pressure and, and manage time and effort on boulders. And they all, you know, that's what I think is interesting about national championships is world cup finals. Everyone tends to be insanely polished. You get a few first time finalists that surprise you. You're like, I didn't think, you know, I didn't think I'd see somebody, you know, doing front clips off the mat in excitement, but it happens national championships. You get people who don't have that same amount of polish. They they've only competed. They only get a couple of major comps a year. So they do treat their time on the mat differently. Uh, so it's even fun to watch the way they handle that. And U.S. Nationals now, the way it's filmed, um, the, the broadcast runs the timing. So not everybody likes finishing a boulder at their four minutes are up and they didn't top it. They didn't get a zone and they have to stand on the mat and smile. And you don't have to smile, but you have to stand on the mat looking at a camera until someone gives you the okay to leave. You have to, it just adds a layer. Um, so I think that how you handle all of the little bits and pieces of pressure play a role as well. And again, it's just not, it's nationals. It's one weekend. And I would think that some of that, you would have to say, then the benefit would be to somebody like Colin Duffy, who has competed in so many different situations with camera broadcasts. He's the Olympics, the biggest of the big in terms of the, the spectacle of it all. And the, and the production standpoint, he's been there. He's done nationals. He's done world cups, maybe a little more comfortable with all of that. Uh, we'll see, but that's a really good point that, yeah, this is, there's definitely a, a uniqueness to the filming of this and everything. Change the pressure a little bit. Yeah. Yes. We'll get back to the men's division in just a second. Let's switch over to the women's division for a moment. I think another big matter of intrigue or some people to watch would be, and I'm going to group them together. Kylie Cullen and Adrian Akiko. The reason I mentioned them both together, first of all, they're the same age, each 17 years old. They both made finals last year at the national championships. In the case of Adrian, Adrian Akiko, if people remember, she gave us one of these highlight reel moments when she slipped off the first boulder in finals, but she managed to somehow stay on. Crowd went wild. It was great stuff from Adrian Akiko. And in the case of Kylie Cullen, she almost won last year. She was a silver medalist. But now this national champion championship, Adriana Kiko has some World Cup experience. She made her World Cup debut this year. And Kylie Cullen did almost a full World Cup circuit, World Cup season. So I, I, I hate to sound like a broken record, but what we said about Colin Duffy, I think Colin Duffy is better than ever. I think you have to say the same thing for Kylie Cullen and Adriana Kiko. Very excited to see what they can do. Yeah, and I think getting your first World Cup season does wonders for your confidence if you manage it properly. So it's one thing to be like, I'm on the World Cup circuit for the first time and I am keep coming 85th. So how you manage your debut into the World Cup matters and i know um i'm just uh, i'm pulling results up on the fly but if i remember so kylie um 
She made uh, quite a few semifinals. She did six bouldering events and made 65% of her semifinals, um, which is quite good. Um, and I, I think that if you manage your performance expectations uh, and you don't go into your first World Cup season thinking, oh, I'm just going to become this, I'm going to become Natalia um, and just say, the first World Cup season is about progress and learning and the goal is next year and the year after, and this is the experience, then you don't come back a little bit defeated by, you know, coming, you know, 25th one weekend and 85th the next. So I do think that's an interesting piece of the puzzle. Of course, on men's and women's side of the equation is your first World Cup season is sometimes really good for your confidence and sometimes a bit of a nick to your confidence where you go, I thought I was ready to play, you know, I podiumed at nationals. What does that mean? Um, and then you got to get psyched back up to come and do it all again. Yeah, let's not forget Natalia Grossman did world cups. You know, she was on the world cup circuit before she became this superstar before she was capable mm -hmm. of, of beating Yanya Garnbrett and all of this. So yeah, even Natalia is, is the perfect example of that. Sometimes it, it takes, it takes a little while, whether it's a, a comp, two comps, two seasons, it's going to vary from competitor to competitor in terms of being on the world cup circuit. But I definitely think it can only help somebody having that experience and more of that experience and then going into this national champion. And, and, and it probably builds some confidence too. Yeah, I think so. And for the same reason, you're hanging with your teammates, you're training more. If you spend some time at the training center, you have a leg up on athletes that didn't get to climb it. I mean, if you, uh, I encourage you to go and um, follow any of the U.S. athletes that do train on the national team and get little insights into the training center um, go follow Josh Larson, national team head coach on social media, and just see what they get to, to use uh, if you're in Salt Lake. So I think you consider all the athletes that have moved to Salt Lake in the last year and a half uh, and give them a leg up in this year's nationals because they've spent a season now, um, even if they weren't on the World Cup, training at the training center, access to national team level coaching and access to world-class uh angles and root setting and that changes the game um so you might have come off of last year and thought ah, i was you know that we were sort of six or seven deep rolling into the final anyone could take it but i moved to salt lake city and i've been training four days a week with some of the best in the world so now i'm just gonna earn my podium through that hard work <laughs> and speaking of world cup experience i'm sure there are some longtime national championship watchers that are listening to this, probably mad at their headphones saying, how the heck can you be this deep in a discussion of the Boulder discipline and not have talked about Nathaniel Coleman? We need to talk about Nathaniel here because he's an interesting case. And the reason he's an interesting case, first of all, he was injured for a lot of this World Cup season. And as the season went on, I started to wonder if maybe he was just going to stay out of the, the full World Cup season and just rehab, recover. But we did see him back in action, particularly in sort of the latter half of the World Cup season on, on a lead wall. He was at the Coper World Cup and he was at the Edinburgh World Cup. But here's the thing. As I said, those national championship longtime viewers probably know. Nathaniel Coleman won the nationals in the Boulder Discipline in 2016, in 2017, in 2018, even more incredibly, he did not fall in a final round at national championships from 2016 through 2018. 
three years there. Sean Bailey won in 2019, and then Nathaniel Coleman won again in 2020. So Nathaniel Coleman goes into this as a four-time champion, but obviously 2020, it's different now. He's been injured. He's a little older. He's he said in interviews how he's a little older and maybe how it, how his training has evolved and all of that. I, I, I say all of that to pose this question to you. What is the likelihood that we see the Nathaniel of old, meaning the Nathaniel of 2016, 2017, or do we need to see the Nathaniel of old? Maybe a little ex- more experience and wisdom is better, and we don't need to see that Nathaniel, and he could still win this. An interesting question, because um, I the immediate parallel to me is, is Sean McCall, um, who has had multiple national championships in a row without ever touching a mat other than to walk on and off of the boulders and maybe to the podium. Um, and the idea is that, Oh, well, if you set the boulders for someone at that level then no one else gets off the ground. So he's basically climbing B class boulder problems at nationals. Um, was that the case in the U S five years ago, perhaps. So perhaps Nathaniel was, you know, the shining light and the boulders were a little bit easy, but looking at the nationals last year and the year before, the root setting and the, and the has taken the level up to approaching world cup entry level um, because that's what you're preparing people for. So you don't want the athletes who are in 20th place to get to the third hold on a lead route or never get off the ground on the boulder. So yes, you dial it back, but I don't know that you need Nathaniel Coleman at 19 and 20 years old where he was just strong and, and expected to keep doing the thing. I think you like to see, someone who's come through some adversity, someone who had a, a bit of a roller coaster at the Olympics and then an injury and then is coming back. And, um, you know, there's people that'll go to this nationals who are like, who? Sure. Okay. That was five years ago. I mean, okay. What, what's he done lately? He didn't win last year. He didn't win the year before. So I think you want to see Nathaniel Coleman who is saying, I'm, uh, I'm back to earn my spot and show you that I'm still very, very good at this. I'd love to see it. It would be a, a kind of a really neat callback to those, the, that historic year. I mean, you think 2016, that was, that was right when the, the idea of the, the Olympics was beginning to form as this real thing that people could shoot for. Uh, so it'd be, he is going to be, I think one of the most intriguing athletes to watch in terms of his journey in these national championships. I think finally a good way to close at least, this part of the boulder discipline, we have to mention Melina Costanza because I'll talk about her more when we get into the lead discipline, because I I'm assuming she will be one of those athletes that does the lead and the boulder discipline, but specifically about the boulder discipline. She's the defending champion in boulder in the women's division. She, for what it's worth, she podiumed. She was third place at the national team trials this year. And she did a few world cups this year. I feel very different this year when thinking about Molina than I did last year going into the national championships. I'll try and explain what I mean. Last year, it felt like she was really this typhoon-like force because she just romped through the boulders in the North American Cup series that she participated in. It feels a little different now because I should also mention this season, she this was the first season ever that she did 
adult world cups. So last year going into the national champions championships, we hadn't seen her on the world cup circuit. So I don't know if like mystique is the right word, but last year there was just kind of this question, this unknown of, okay, she's obviously elite level, but like how elite level, right? Because the, the rosters for those North American cups can vary significantly. So you don't know what kind of competition she was going up against all the time. Of course, she won national, so obviously she was top of the top. But this year, since we've seen her on the World Cup circuit, maybe a, bit, a little bit of that, that mystique is not there. And yet, I don't think that that's, that is not meant to be a knock on her at all. I think she could still do incredible things and could still defend that Boulder championship. I'm really excited to see it. Yeah, me too. And I had to look her up last year. Um, because I, I, I thought this was sort of, you know, an upstart of some kind. You're like, okay, so who is this person? And I know the collegiate and the youth circuit is a big, you know, a big pathway in, you know, these days, but you know, I'm, I'm not embedded so much in the, in the U S side of things. So yeah, I think the unknown factor was really interesting last year and it created quite a bit of excitement to, to be the, one of the few multidiscipline climbers to do really well uh, in both. So she very nearly won uh, the lead comp. She slipped on the final. So to have been, you know, first and second in those two disciplines is more than just, yeah, I do both. Uh, it was, I do both and I mean it. And um, I, I don't know why she didn't do as many world cups. Um, I think she did three Boulder events and uh, just a couple of lead events um, maybe school admit a lot of factors. So yeah, I, I think it'll be interesting to see what she does coming back to say, you know, I'm here to defend and maybe take that double title. Like I, I want to win both. If she's still a multidiscipline athlete, then you might get, that's probably your best chance. I mean, uh, I look at Colin Duffy and go, yeah. Okay. On, on the men's side, your best chance is probably Colin, but on the, on the women's side, she's probably your best chance to, to win both. And that would be really exciting is to be a double national champion. It's fairly rare occurrence. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. I know going into it last year, some people were saying, yeah, Melina could do it. And, and even though when people were saying that, it was kind of like, yeah, but it's so rare. And she came so darn close. <laughs> she made believers yeah. out of all of us. It'd be great to see her do a run for it again this, this year. Is there yeah, anything that's else? that's a storyline that's worth following, 100%. Absolutely, absolutely. As we put a, uh, sort of put a bow on the Boulder discipline, is there anything else you'd like to say before we move on to the other disciplines? Um, I, th I think you've covered really well. I, I would encourage people to watch the semifinal. Um, we broadcast the semifinal as well. You get uh, to see more of the field. So you might see some um, less showy names. You'll definitely see some less showy names. Um, and you'll see an, an interesting uh, spread of tactics. You'll see uh, a really broad spread of bouldering styles. So the root setting in the semifinal round tends to be quite harsh. Um, you're trying to get um, 20 down to six. So I would encourage you, if you're planning on tuning in to watch some of the national championships, don't just mark your calendar for the finals. Uh, the semifinal, although chaos on the broadcast, um, lots of climbing going on at the same time, the boulders will be excellent and you'll see more of the up and coming and more of the, who is that? I'm going to Google this person and see they've crushed one boulder. They've crushed two boulders. Are we going to get a dark horse into the final? Because every year it feels like there's a dark horse. There was, uh, and I can't even remember his name last year. Uh, we were, I, we couldn't find anyone who knew him. People were posting on social media. If you know about this guy, tell us who he is. 
big, tall guy, and his name even now has escaped me. So you'll see that progressing and you start to build a storyline in finals. If you choose to watch the semi, highly recommend it. As stated in the opening, we're talking about the upcoming USA Climbing National Championships. I'm here with commentator Pete Woods. Pete, let's talk about the speed discipline. Qualification begins at 11 o'clock in the morning on Friday, November 11th at G1 Climbing and Fitness. The finals are a few hours later at 4 o'clock p.m. that same day, Friday. As we said in the opening, the national record holders are not registered, but let's mention the national records anyway. Uh, the men's record, John Brosler, 5.2 seconds. The women's record, <laughs> it's been broken a lot uh, by the same person, but Emma Hunt, 6.84 seconds, I believe is, the, is her current mark for the women's yeah. national, champ, na national record. I'm wondering... Look, to see a, a national record be broken, especially by someone that's not John Brosler or Emma Hunt, it, it, it could happen. It's maybe not, but hey, this is sports and anything, anything is possible. Uh, but if somebody doesn't break the national record, something I'm hoping for, I'd like to see at least somebody get pretty close to those national records so we can really start to see some other people putting some real heavy pressure on John Brosler and on Emma Hunt and on those national records, because I think in the long run, that only makes everybody better. And the thing with speed is that you can set a national record and not win the event. So you have two, you have two storylines to watch is who's going to win, like who can put it together round after round after round after round, because it is a bracket and you need to keep beating the person beside you, but you can set a record at any point. Um, and I think you can set it in the qualifiers. So once they start timing uh, and the races are, are going in the books, then yeah. And sometimes when the pressure's off a little bit, um, when you're trying to set your qualifying times, if you put down a time that's going to get you into the big show, you might go all out and try, you know, that beta you've been working on. So I, I think that the time to set national records is at national championships because you have a little bit more leeway. Um, there are some very, very good speed climbers, but it drops off very quickly. So there's, uh, I mean, in the first couple of rounds of the, even of the final, you're going to see, you know, climbers who are, you know, a second or two ahead of their competitor, which is a massive amount in speed climbing. Um, and I'm with you. I want to see who's been working hard in the off season. Um, training for speed is different than any other discipline. Uh, you can just put your head down and go at it. Uh, you go lift weights, you go work on your fast twitch muscles and your timing and your beta, and you do sections of that speed route um, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times. And when it all comes together, you see people going faster. So yeah, I think there's some people who have something to prove um, when it comes to the national records. Um, you know, people want to be able to say that, you know, I'm as fast as Emma. Um, we'll see. Yeah. And I think sometimes when you least expect records to be broken is when they get broken. And that's what we love about this sport and other sports is, is you can't predict when it's going to happen. So don't blink in the speed discipline. That's, I know that's a favorite phrase of the commentators. And it's so true because when we're talking about 5.2 seconds or 0.3 seconds or 0.4 seconds, that's faster than the blink of an eye. There is so much to love about 
this speed discipline at nationals and all of the potential matchups that we could see the side-by-side races. I'll start with one. The dream match for me is former national record holder, Piper Kelly lining up against last year's winner, Callie close in the women's division. We did see that matchup last year. It was a super close race at the national championships in 2021. Callie close won it. She clocked an 8.21 compared to Piper's 8.36. Anybody that knows speed climbing knows that that's, that's a pretty neck and neck race. And now Piper, 23 years old, she did world cups this season for the first time since 2019. She's, she's coming off an injury. She's fully recovered and Callie close 18 years old was in some world cups too. So I think you have both of these credentialed, these credentialed competitors that are still in their prime and have to be considered two of the favorites. Ah, It's great. I I just, I want to see that matchup. Yeah. I'm with you on that because I I think there are some, um, I I like, I like to put the idea out that there's some rivalries, even though they're all teammates, Um, you know, somebody that you think you can beat um, someone you've, just never put down your best run when you've been shoulder to shoulder with that other climber. So I'd like to think that over because of the nature of the sport, it is head to head that you have a few people with maybe a bit of a chip where they're like, I mean, I'm faster than her. I've put it down in training and we don't know. They don't all share what their PBs are in training um, the unofficial. So we don't know if, if, if Piper's put down times faster than, than Emma, we don't know if she's looking at Emma's world cup, results going yeah yeah but i you know let me just run five in a row and and i would have i would have won that one i would have won this one i would have won that one um and then training and what happens in the gym in the lights again it's completely different in speed climbing uh one false start ruins your day so you have to measure the balance of go all out versus go fast enough to beat the person beside me there are so many variables to the speed climbing discipline that absolutely um, don't miss it. (laughs) One thing we do know, I think we can safely say this without even talking to Piper Kelly. Once you set that national record and once somebody else then sets it, takes it away from you, so to speak, I guarantee Piper wants that national record back. Yeah. I cannot imagine a scenario in which she's not just now counting the days to be able to go in there and say, let me come and take this back. Absolutely. And um, I, I'm assuming she's completely recovered from the injury she was coming back from at nationals last year. So I expect she'll be in 100% full form. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of safe to say that in the women's American speed climbing discipline, it's kind of like before there was Emma Hunt, there was Piper Kelly. I mean, there were mm-hmm. a couple of years there before Emma started broke the record and started kind of setting the record, resetting the record where Piper Kelly was, she was, she was the big name. And she, as we said, she's 23 years old, still certainly capable of, of breaking that national record. I think, I don't know her times to your point, but um, we'll see. And I, I think that, oh, that could be it, it, Piper's is another competitor whose journey will be really, really fun to mm-hmm. observe. Just looking over in the men's division, I, Take your pick in terms of who lines up against whom. Uh, Noah Bracci, world champion podium podium placer. Sam Watson, gold medalist in Edinburgh 
at the World Cup earlier this year. He also won the speed discipline at national team trials this earlier this year. And then you have the defending champ, Joe Goodacre. You also have some big names like Michael Liss, Darren Skolnick, Albert Oak, Ben Jennings. Any of them could line up and could just go on a run, a series of runs, and, and stand atop the podium. Yeah, I, I, I think the men's speed side saw a lot of interesting developments over the year this year um, because you, you sort of had your perennial favorites and then Noah Bracci like absolutely turned some results inside out on the world cup this year. So I, I like the fire that he brought. Um, I, the Sam Watson story, I don't even know what to think. Um, I don't know if that was a, a career day or if that's the start of the, the upswing, you know, on, on that, the way that that's going to go. I just, I, the speed, if you're going to get into exchanging money for predictions in climbing, stay a long way away from the speed discipline. <laughs> that's, that's my, that's how I'm going to both duck any questions um, and give you advice at the same time is while there are some favorites, you, if you go back and look at the results over the world cup this year, some of the best um, the you know, the, multiple world record holder only won two world cups this year and he's broken every record his own record over and over and over and over again in the last two seasons and he only won i think he only won two events so let that be your guide and for what it's worth sam watson i've asked a lot of people about him people that train with him or have trained with him and i get a lot of responses like oh he's got it right he's got it meaning mm -hmm. he's got that special something, that special drive, determination, whatever it is that separates the, the elite from the rest of the pack, that, that special ingredient. People seem to notice it in Sam Watson, even at such a young age. And, and I believe it when people say that, because Sam's results prove that, that he is a special talent. Really excited to see how he caps off this great World Cup year for himself, this national team trials year for himself. Wouldn't a great performance at the national championships just be the nice cherry on top for Sam Watson? Yeah, it would absolutely. And it would be fun to, if you're watching that story, to be able to tie those pieces together. And lots of people have, you know, peaks and valleys in their rise. Um, but to be able to just go <laughs> on, a, on a straight curve is a pretty cool way to, to make your mark. And then um, theoretically kick off your next a full world cup season. And I also find, and you can probably speak to this a little, a little better than I can, but I find that the crowd and the hype and the energy for the speed rounds seems to be really special. And that probably goes back to what we said about how it is such high octane, high paced over in the blink of an eye type of thing. But I, that, that energy, somehow it gets really captured at national championships when it is in a closed gym a smaller gym it's not in a huge a, a huge huge venue or anything like that it's a more intimate space Th that comes through on the broadcast when i'm watching the speed discipline of a national championship the, the first time i went to um to a, a sanctioned speed event i believe was the pan the youth the pan ams youth pan ams uh, maybe five years ago in montreal and i 
I emceed the event. So I, I was the host on the floor and the, the most interesting different spin that it puts on a, a competition environment is it needs to be absolutely silent before the start of every race. So you start to build up an, a not normal amount of tension to climbers. So it's pretty raucous every, you know, Boulder finals, the DJ's playing and people are yelling and screaming, you, you know, there's no, Oh, you might distract them. There's none of this um, lead climbing. It's a little more subdued. You can't cheer for five minutes straight, you know, and then, you know, all night bouldering, you kind of get your little 40 second burst and it comes and goes and comes and goes. Um, but everybody's looking for something different and they're kind of wondering what's going on. And all of a sudden in a head to head race, where just before it starts, it has to be absolutely silent. So it's mumbly. There's that kind of, if you've ever been to a, a, an orchestra concert, you know, the orchestra's warming up and the, everyone's talking in the seats and there's this sort of really interesting, really cool level of noise that goes on. And then you hear the, and it goes silent. And it's up to the conductor and the orchestra to then just decide how long are we waiting? Like, when is your expectation of, of that, the go moment? And then you have the lights and it's, you know, and it's the beep, beep, beep. It's like maybe the start of an F1 race. If you're an F1 fan that there is a hair on the back of your neck moment from climbers, take your marks to leaving the mat. And then the room explodes every time, every race, the room explodes. So I, I encourage you again, it, uh, you know, it's electric in the room and if it comes through on the broadcast, that's perfect, but it's unlike any other discipline in terms of building that excitement. Uh, and then it just gets higher and higher and higher. Uh, yeah. It's interesting that they situate it before the lead discipline because it's, it's, it's got this weird space of it's like this energetic thing. And then, and it's a totally different energy than bouldering. It's a totally di different energy than lead. It's right in the middle. It's going to be, it's going to be really exciting. Is there anything else you'd like to say about any specific competitors? I, no, I'm gonna let it. I'm gonna let it ride. On, uh, I'm excited to see what Sam has to do. I'm excited to see um, sort of the Piper Emma Cali circle um, and see what that is. And I'm with you. I'd like to see a, a couple records get broken uh, at any point over the day. I think that would be fantastic. I'm chatting with Pete Woods, commentator for the USA Climbing National Championships. He is at MC Pete Woods on Instagram. People listening should give USA Climbing a follow as well to stay up to date. When the action begins for these national championships, that's at USA Climbing. And I would recommend also following the two host facilities at the Spot Gym and at G1 Climbing. Let's talk about the lead discipline. Qualification begins at 10 o'clock a.m. on Saturday, November 12th at G1 Climbing and Fitness. Finals will be the next day, Sunday, November 13th. Those will kick off at 6 o'clock p.m. <sighs> It, let's talk about Jesse Gruber because it felt like to me a bit of a surprise when Jesse Gruber won the lead discipline last year at the national championships, which is a, a little bit strange to say maybe because he also won in 2019, the pandemic doing what it did. There was no lead national championships, if I recall, in 2020. So Jesse Gruber was the defending champion going into last year's uh, national championship, but I say that it was a little bit of a surprise or felt kind of like a little bit of a surprise because he did not do any world cups in the 2021 season. So we hadn't really seen him much 
and uh, to say nothing of how stacked the field was last year, of course, with Colin Duffy, Nathaniel Coleman, all those people. All that is to say, I feel very differently about Jesse Gruper going into this year's national championships. I see Jesse as the clear favorite to win it again. Not that that's an easy thing defending his title, but statistically, if nothing else, he has those prior wins to his name. He also had four World Cup podiums this year, two of which were gold medals. But it's going to be hard. It's going to be a stacked field. What do you think? I think when you when you say that um, in a vacuum, you say, of course, he's going to win. And then you have to remind yourself that um, Colin Duffy is also going to put a rope on and climb. Uh, and he, you know, did a few less. I think he did five um, lead World Cups and uh, got a couple of podiums and won one. So um, it's a very exciting USA field for lead. And I really love the lead discipline for different reasons that I, you know, that I love bouldering and, and I've come to appreciate in speed. And uh, when I started competing, we'll go back a long way. Um, lead was critical. So, you, you know, we, we bouldered to train and there was bouldering as part of qualifying. And, but it was, you know, it was a while till we had a, a bouldering national championships and a lot of people got good at competing in lead. And it, it's a, you have to bring a different mindset to lead climbing. So I think, Lead climbing rewards uh, cool customers. You can climb, you can boulder emotionally. Um, you can build on the failure of boulder one and turn it into boulder two uh, and get mad and, and crush things. And the reverse is true where you can get sort of pushed down into the dark pit of despair by boulder one and boulder two. And then even though you might still be in the running, um, just completely lose your head and not do well. You know, on the last couple of boulders, we saw some, really big names flame out in semifinals last year, shockingly. So, um, but lead doesn't give you that, uh, lead gives you, uh, please climb to the top of this. Uh, see you when you get there one try, um, you need to be focused. You need to be calm. You need to read, um, you know, uh, 40 or 50 feet of climbing instead of nine holds, um, remembering sequences, not being able to see how good footholds are. You see them with their binoculars. It it doesn't matter. You can only see, you only, memorize the first three or four clips of the route and then it's by feel and there is no i'll work that on the next try so i think lead climbing rewards experience and i think it rewards a cool head and i think jesse um i think jesse seems like a calmer competitor um and colin you know uh, is an emotional climber he does have you know has that aspect and you can get mad in a route you can make a mistake and get out of your own game halfway up uh, a semifinal or final on a lead route. So I like to see the calm, cool collected. And I, but I feel Nathaniel um, is a, an icebox. He's such a stoic competitor that he shines in lead as well for that reason. So all, all that to say that I agree with you. I, I'm excited to see Jesse because I think that he's built for the discipline um, and I, he's really, really good at climbing. He, he is really good at climbing, to say the least. And as is Colin, as is Nathaniel, it's almost laughable to say, yeah, they're really good. But it's they are incredible athletes. I think for me, one of the X factors for all three of them is going to be that this was a long World Cup season. And I, I, we said Nathaniel didn't participate in as many World Cups because of being injured, uh, but he, he did a couple. Colin did a bunch of World Cups. Jesse did. If you look at Jesse, he 
started his World Cup season back in mid-April. He did a Boulder World Cup in Mayringen. April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November. It's like seven plus months of, of competing at the highest level. So going back to what I said about it being an X factor, you have to wonder how that may or may not have contributed to some sort of physical toll on him, mental toll. Is he fatigued from just grinding for so long on the competition circuit? We will see, but I pose that question about Jesse. I also pose it about Colin, and obviously we could. There are a couple other competitors, um, so I will see. It's so easy. I mean, we could argue both sides of that um, equation really quite handily with you know the benefits of a World Cup season and then the the detriments to a World Cup season. Do you come home and take a month off and have to crawl back out to to get psyched to train again, or do you have just enough time to heal the couple of tweaks that were bothering you uh, and get back at it? I know that over my career, taking time off from training sometimes is excellent, but if the time it's not long enough to get back into shape and you feel that you're, you know, you're chasing the wrong thing, or, you know, you've, you're maybe you haven't timed how you want to peak for the event um, because you've come off a long season and you did take a few weeks off and now you've only had a week to get back into it. Um, Fitness comes different from lead climbing than it does for bouldering. Um, building up explosive power is a much shorter time frame than building up the stamina that it takes to climb the level. Um, you know, they're on siding 513. So 513 plus probably for a, for a final. So you, you have to balance, you know, experience with training, with rest or lack of thereof. And I would make a solid case for both. Yes, the first full World Cup season is an excellent way to enter your next national championships. And, uh, and then I would just turn around and lie and say, no, uh, it's a detriment. You, you're going to come in tired and you're going to come in frustrated and you're going to come in um, in a completely different mindset. A World Cup runs very smoothly. Sometimes nationals have little hiccups and, you know, you're dealing with volunteer staff who don't know where the bath like there's it doesn't run like a World Cup season. And, um, you know, maybe you're at home and maybe you're closer to home. Maybe you get home cooking and you sleep better when you have your own pillow. So, um, you know, if you if you paid me enough, I'd lobby either side of that argument. And to that point, Colin Duffy, you know, from Colorado. So uh, maybe just enjoying the comforts of home, less travel. We'll see. I want to bring up Melina Costanza again. We talked about her with the Boulder Discipline. You had mentioned her lead performance. She did come so close to winning the lead discipline last year, the 2021 national championships. She fell on the top hold, the most heartbreaking of all places you could fall. Of course, uh, I think she could be coming because of that. She could be coming into the discipline this year with maybe a little bit of added determination, or if you want to call it a little bit of vengeance or whatever, just like, you know, that she's going to go into this lead discipline, or, or I'm guessing with that kind of either at the forefront of her mind or maybe tucked in the back of her mind, but that will be really fascinating to see how she comes back, so to speak, after coming so close last year. Coaching goes a long way with the past is the past. Um, and what to take from it. So do you want to have part of your story be a little bit of a chip? Do you want to have your coach say, I mean, you were so close, you know, you have it in you. 
Do you want someone to say, we're not even going to talk about it. So knowing, you know, not knowing the psyche of any individual climber makes it really hard to know um, what, whether that's a motivator or whether that's something that, you know, when you think about it, it, it changes your mood and, and it stews you down a little bit. I will say she had a better world cup season than Quinn did. So she'll have that in the back of her mind. Um, she made 65%. She three comps. So I guess that's two, <laughs> two semifinals. My math is uh, questionable. Um, um, Quinn did more world cups, but made less semifinals. So, you know, I think maybe if you're in that, if you're thinking about who you need to beat versus how well you need to climb, then maybe you're looking back and saying, yeah, that's my teammate. She's fantastic too, but I think I'm a little bit better. I think I seasoned a little bit better over this year. I'm a little bit older. Um, you know, she was fiery. Quinn is a really exciting climber to watch. Um, moves exceptionally well. Um, is very young comparatively. You know, a couple of three years difference between 18 and 22, 19 and 23. That's a that's a long gap. That's not the same as being 29, 30, 31. Um, you learn a lot in a little bit of that maturity as you come into your 20s. So, yeah, a tough one. I I would expect to see her on the podium for sure. Um, and I, I'm assuming we're, you're going to talk about Kyra because she had a bit of a disappointing year last year on the national championship level. She believes she still has it in her. She's, you know, becoming an elder statesman on the, on the women's field and she's 26 years old, which is not old by any stretch of the imagination, but when your competition is 18, 19, 20, then yeah. So as, is Kyra going to come out with a fire because she knows she has it in her and she's been training really hard. She climbed really well somewhat surprisingly for her in the lead discipline last year um, and made the lead team and not the Boulder team, which with, if you'd asked me to predict it last year, I would have lost a lot of money. I was really excited to see Kyra on the registration list for this national championships, because to your, to your phrase, she is kind of becoming somewhat of an elder States person uh, to the point where, and, and she's look at her accolades, right? She's participated in world cups. She's been to the Olympics she's reached that point where you could say, okay, is she ready to transition out of the, the grind of competition, at least at this elite level, which is so, so hard to, to keep putting your body and your mind through this. Does she, does she want to just enjoy having the, the incredible accolades that she does and, and move on to whatever's next outdoor projects or, or who knows what. Uh, and and I, I hope that's not the case because I, I really enjoy watching her compete and, and that's why I was, I was really excited to see her registered for this. And that would be a fantastic narrative to have her, you know, make the Olympics and then everything that happened last year with her being, you know, the national team and the world cups and all of that, the sort of ups and downs. And then she does well at nationals or even she podiums at nationals or she wins nationals. That'd be an incredible story. And it would be for me, uh, it would be a validation because I know that, um, that she herself was disappointed. Right. So you, right. you would get, whether you need it or not, um, the validation of no, 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 no. My arc is nowhere near finished. That was a hiccup. Um, and I am ready to keep putting it down because she's just training, you know, full time. And she's in that, the Salt Lake community. She's, if you don't know, I'm, I don't know the, the breadth of your listeners of their knowledge of the USA climbing scene but the the national team is now based in salt lake city they encouraged athletes to move there train at the training center and i think there's now at least a dozen of them that have chosen to do that um and kyra was the first one um she moved from minneapolis she said all right i'm in so she is 
really the benchmark of focus, determination, put in the work, do the thing, improve, learn, come back and do it again. So if anything, she'll have learned some things about the way she competes uh, at home and will be looking to set the record straight as it were and say, no, no, no. If my name is on the registration list. You best expect to see me on the podium. Give me that trifecta of Melina Costanza, Quinn Mason and Kyra Condi battling it out for different places on the podium. I think that'd be fantastic. And I'm glad you mentioned the coaching aspect about Melina falling, coming so close last year to winning and how a coach can help kind of compartmentalize that or put it in a right, uh, the right place in, in Melina's mind. So, so she can learn from it and benefit from it. I just want to, I'll sort of close this discussion about Melina by saying she's had the <laughs> three of the best coaches ever in Josh Larson and Meg Coyne when she's on the national team. And then before that, when Quinn or when uh, Melina was coming up through the, the kind of national competition scene, she was coached by Tyson Shaney at vertical world. So, you know, between Meg, Josh or Tyson, they, they've got her head in, I would imagine in a pretty good space heading into these, these national championships this year. Yeah, I, I would agree with you on that. And coaching is a, maybe an, an under discussed um, part of the puzzle. Um, they don't tend to stand up and be front and center They're They sit behind iPads a lot and film things. Uh, they're like root setters in that way where they say it's about the athletes. Don't make it about me. But a good coach, um, especially in an individual sport like climbing, where you're you're focused on moments uh, and seconds, not seasons uh, and team sports, it, it, it can be a difference maker and, and how you get to frame that conversation. I was going to say, as we take sort of the conclusion for lead, um, if you really enjoy the inclusive drama of climbing, then lead is your discipline because you you come out one after another um, with all to play for every time. So watching the progression, if you're the last one out, um, you will have a somewhat of an idea of where the people before you climb to based on how loud the crowd has been getting. So the nerves some can sometimes get to you to come out last and be like, Oh, so just top the route. Okay. No, no problem. Um, or not knowing at all and be like, it sounds like everyone's been falling in the middle. Like what's the, what's the situation? Maybe that crux move that we previewed is as hard as it looks. So just the way the storyline arcs out, it's so easy to follow lead to say, well, you know, just reach point X and the title is yours. Um, it's not about zones and attempts. All of that goes out the window. We oversimplify the sport. Um, did you touch more holds than me? Yes, you win. Right. Yes. Very well said. And I think we'd, we'd be remiss if we did not shout out a few more big names for this lead discipline. I want to mention Kylie Cullen here as well. We talked about Kylie earlier, but we should mention her with the lead discipline because she, she won youth nationals uh, just a few months ago in the female junior division. But if you scan those youth nationals results, Nakia Sanders was in the mix. Ella Fisher won in the youth A category. Anastasia Sanders won in the youth B category. They are all registered for, for this national championship. And looking at the, the male results from youth nationals, Sergey Lochno won in the junior category. I hope I'm saying his, his name correctly. Dylan Countryman won in the youth A. Uh, Hugo Hoyer won in the youth B. Some names in there that maybe casual fans are not as familiar with. 
but I get the feeling that this generation of youth competitors, they have been extremely well coached. They've trained and learned how to climb in some fantastic gyms. They've had some great parental support. They've had robust support from USA Climbing in the, in the junior division, in the youth division. I think they're all kind of maybe ready to break into that upper echelon in the older age categories, going up against some older athletes. We'll see. I, I, it blows my mind every time to consider that you can have a 10 year climbing career and be 18 years old, you know, like the, the way that youth climbing has exploded um, and whether you were at your first national championships as a youth um, at the earliest category that you're allowed in doesn't mean that the years before you weren't competing in locals, uh, right? Or you've got your regionals and provincials and you, you've got so much time to build experience. Uh, we are not counting out youth climbers in open divisions because you look at, I mean, Quinn Mason was 18 last year and you're talking about people who are, are coming out of be putting them on nationals open going back to youth and then coming back to open again so this is their second year on the open circuit and they're still youth athletes so you the experience that comes with that and they are coached much more closely for the most part because almost every youth athlete comes out of a an individual gym where they will have a coach um in that manner and the u.s national team if you didn't move to salt lake you're whoever's coaching you locally or you've been coached remotely Uh, so it does change some of the playing field the youth climbers come out they're fired up um, and they, they're not some of the big names, but they have the ability to make a semifinal uh, and maybe shock a few people. A couple more names worth keeping an eye on or an ear on the North American cup at Alta in Arizona last month in the lead discipline, the men's podium was Nathan Sato winner, Tim Kang, second place, Isaac left third place. Don't sleep on, on any of those. The women's podium uh, Melina Costanza was in third place. We already talked about her. Ella Fisher was in second place. We ta- we mentioned her name. And first place, Julia Duffy, another name. That, so there's there's a lot of names to, to kind of what we're saying here. I think one of the themes is there are a lot of names that could break out in the lead discipline at this national championships. It's really hard. You can look at, okay, like Colin Duffy, Melina Costanza, but then there are all these other people that you're like wow this this person could really do amazing things here uh chloe Coscoy won canadian lead nationals last year yeah she well made said. the trip up to vancouver and um in a strong field won canadian nationals so she's got what it takes um climbing in a harness <laughs> yeah it's it's just it's kind of a pick em in some ways at least in terms of uh when you're looking at who's going to be on the podium where's where are they going to be there's so many possibilities um Pete, I'm so excited for this national championship, and I know you're excited. I can I can see it. I can hear it in your voice. I hope people listening uh, can tune in. I hope they're as hyped as, as we are. I hope we can help spread the stoke a little bit with this. Is there anything you'd like to plug as we're getting ready to, to sign off here? I think I'm going to take it in, in the direction of a couple things. Yes, um, please. I want to I want to encourage people to, to tune in and watch the the view, the quality of the broadcast at U.S. Nationals is as good as anywhere. Um, the crews come from ESPN backgrounds um, or currently still working at that level. That's the production level that you're dealing with at U.S. Nationals. It's World Cup class. So I would encourage you to come in and check it out because we can then point to our sponsors that how many people watch live 
how many people watched in repeat. And then we, the money comes in and then the product improves and the money comes in and the product improves. So I'm always going to be a strong advocate for show your support um, because we don't get to just assume that you enjoyed it and watched it. Uh, and when we're trying to grow the sport as much as people expect and want us to and say, well, how come there isn't four camera angles? Well, because each of those camera operators is $5,000 a day. So, you know, when we come up with another $100,000, then we'll add a guy on a boom and a drone. So I would encourage you to be involved, um, to go, if you're in Denver, come and watch, um, in the room, it's electric. And even if then, if you're, you know, you're like, I'm in, I'm, a, I'm close by, watch the semis on the stream and come to the gym and watch the final. Um, and I would, on the heels of that, I would encourage you to get involved locally. If you're a fan of climbing competitions, go judge your youth provincials or state championships um you know go and be in the room and see what it's like you don't need any experience to volunteer at your gym um and there, i know i absolutely know that every single comp that runs in north america right now could use a couple more volunteers so that's what i'm going to say is get involved show your support the appreciation might come with you know a couple donuts and a free beer but the gratitude is a hundred times that i i also want to shout out the route setters that are working really hard to make, the, we're sitting here chatting about these key storylines and undoubtedly as we talk, probably literally right now, they are working hard on crafting these routes, these boulders. So we want to give them a, a huge uh, nod, tip of the hat, appreciation to them. Uh, I wish we could shout them, all, shout them out by name here because everything that they're doing and everything that they do at at every competition, every North American cup, every youth event, it's all so appreciated. Obviously it's a different team depending on the competition, but please, if, if you're a route setter and you're listening to this, do not think that your efforts do not go underappreciated. We really appreciate what you're doing right now because these national championships uh, really end up always being a, a success because of the work that you put in to do those, to create such great uh, puzzles for these competitors. Yeah, much love to, to the root setters. I've been a, a one of the strongest advocates for, you know, good appreciation of the nuance of root setting for many, 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 many years. And you'll see it on display. You'll see some people on their first uh, national crew, for sure. Um, you'll see some of the best North American root setters will be on this crew for sure. Um, for both disciplines, of course, we don't need to set roots for speed. But yeah, the you'll see that on display and the creativity, you know, just remember we're the only sport that creates a playing field every time. So yeah, John, absolutely. The, the root setters probably work the hardest and they deserve every tip of the hat that they're, we can give them. Absolutely. The next time people hear your voice, it will be on the live stream. People should tune in. If they can't be there in person, they should absolutely check out the events, the semifinals, the final rounds. They'll be on the USA climbing YouTube channel, and then they'll be shown uh, highlights at a later date on ESPN2. I'm stoked for it. I'm looking forward to it. I know people listening are looking forward to it. Pete, thank you so much for coming on the show and chatting. Thanks for having me. It's, uh, it's great to be just the right amount of time out, to be excited, to be looking forward to it. Um, you know, luggage is down, sitting in the, in the spare room, getting ready to get packed up, and it's fun to pull out USA climbing stuff, especially coming from Canada. Um, I, uh, I love that this is an opportunity I get to have, and I'll be really, um, I'll be in deep all, you know, every day that I'm there. And I hope that we get to bring you a fantastic product. So look forward to seeing people pop up on the broadcast. 
quick before we get out of here. Thanks again for listening. Thanks to Audio Coffee for doing the music and Pixabay for the sound effects. Also, big thanks to Pete Woods for coming on the show. To watch all the action of USA Climbing's 2022 National Championships live as it's happening, head over to USA Climbing's YouTube channel. See you next time.